you're listening to episode 23 of the Tennis Files podcast with special guest Scott Baxter. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Tennis Files Podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey guys, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Tennis Files Podcast. I'm really happy to bring you an episode, uh, an interview that I had with Scott Baxter, who is the CEO and founder of Player Court. And, you know, with tennis players, the fastest way to improving your game is to have somebody to instruct you and coach you. And, um, you know, I myself have recently hired on a coach to help me improve my game uh, because I really have that desire to, uh, you know, take it to the next level in terms of my play. And uh, what Scott has created is a really unique platform for players to find coaches uh, pretty much instantly. And, um, you know, it was very interesting talking about his tennis career and then how he ended up going from coaching to uh, actually creating a player court to help you find the best coaches in the area. And so uh, I'm always looking to improve my game and to help others improve, improve their game. And sometimes it's tough to find uh, really good coaches. Uh, you might not know who's around or whatnot. And so uh, Player Court is a pretty cool tool to help you find a great instructor to help you improve your game. I, I hope you guys really enjoy this interview. And uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Scott Baxter. Hey guys, I'm here with Scott Baxter from Player Court. He is a USPTA certified tennis teaching professional with over 12 years of experience uh, in the coaching game. He was also a top junior in the Mid-Atlantic area and coincidentally played in a lot of the same tournaments that I did. Uh, Scott also played tennis at the University of Maryland, and he is the CEO and founder of PlayerCourt.com. Scott, really appreciate you coming in to speak with me uh, on the show today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me. Oh, yeah, no worries. Uh, it's always a pleasure to speak to uh, a fellow tennis enthusiast and especially somebody who's done uh, so much for the game as you have with your coaching and now with uh, the, your playercourt.com service. But I j first just want to get into uh, a bit about you know your tennis career. So how did you get started playing tennis? So I, uh, I grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, which is actually where I am back now. Um, and parents belonged to a country club and you know I, I played a lot of team sports, but kind of got introduced to tennis at a relatively young age, around eight or nine years old, and uh, really liked sort of the individual aspect of it. You know, I, I loved all sorts of sports. I really liked team sports, but I think to, to summarize, I uh, am a little bit selfish. So, you know, I liked uh, the aspect of tennis where, you know, every point, you know, rested squarely on my shoulders, and you couldn't get that in team sports. So I kind of instantly fell in love with it and, uh, you know, played a lot. Um was fortunate enough to have parents that um, – you know, and support uh, tennis, which I was so excited about, and, and get me all the instruction that I needed. Um, 
And so, yeah, I grew, I grew up playing uh, actually apprenticing in country club in Virginia Beach, Virginia, getting a ton of instruction. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I know you had a really successful junior career as well. Uh, can you talk a bit about, uh, you know, your, your time competing in the junior tournaments? Yeah, I mean, as I said, I really, really liked all sports in general, and it wasn't until about ninth grade that I finally said, you know, I want to focus on this tennis thing. Um, and so about ninth grade, I dropped pretty much every other sport I was playing and kind of started focusing, focusing exclusively on, um, you know, on just tennis. And from there, you know, just the, with the repetitions and the amount of time increase that, that I put towards the sport, I saw results pretty quickly and started to play in of our sectional tournaments and then started traveling around playing some of the national tournaments um and then eventually college tennis at the university of maryland awesome and uh yeah what's maybe one highlight that you can think of uh during your junior career uh actually i think 16 zonals or maybe 18 intersectionals were were really fun just because i felt like you work so hard and in junior tennis is very ranking based where you're constantly checking you know your number on a sheet and uh, I think that can be really, really frustrating for some juniors to finally be rewarded with an event where, you know, you're deemed the top 12 player in the Mid-Atlantic or you're deemed, you know, the top four player in your section in 18. So to go to a prestigious event like that um, was always fun. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Zonals was really fun. I had the you know pleasure of partaking in that as well. And uh, to, to have kind of a team aspect was a great kind of relaxing time versus the individuality of it all. And um, so, Scott, uh, you know, you're a local. You you played at the University of Maryland. Can you talk about your experience playing there as well? Yeah, most definitely. And it's, it's a little bit uncommon. Um, so I actually played, I only played at the University of Maryland my freshman year. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't enjoy playing college tennis. I just decided that I, you know, really wanted to get a double degree in marketing and logistics. And so, to do that and graduate in four years um, was going to be a little bit difficult. But so I played my freshman year, you know, had a really good time, kind of switched back and forth between the five, six spot, um, you know, lettered my freshman year. And uh, as I got into uh, my sophomore season and my class load started to pick up a little bit, I just realized um, that I wasn't going to turn pro in tennis and that tennis had given me um, a lot of things, but that at that certain point in my life, it was kind of taken away. Um, some of the time I needed to focus on other things that I know I wanted to get started with. But of course, as fate would have it, fast forward a couple of years and now I run a tennis company. So it all came full circle. Yeah, I think that's really wonderful that, uh, you know, despite uh, the course you took not going pro, you still are devoted to the game. Uh, we all love to see that. And uh, I think it was perfectly logical for you to determine that, you know, you wouldn't go pro and so you would get a, a great education at the University of Maryland. And so, you know, throughout your career, obviously, I mean, the best way, in my opinion, to get better is to have a fantastic coach. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about the importance of coaching. And so first off, uh, how important was coaching to your tennis success? Uh, extremely important, and, and for a lot more reasons than just getting me better at the sport of tennis. I mean, we, um, the handful of coaches that I worked with in Virginia Beach are some of my best friends. You know, now that I'm grown up and an adult, um, they're really some of the best friends I still have to this day, and they were mentors in my life. So they not only played a huge role in sculpting my tennis game, but an even huger role in, in sculpting me as a person and teaching me some of the harder lessons that I needed to learn and, you know, yanking my chain when, when I needed yanking. And so I think, um, I think the role of the coach is, is extremely important, you know, not just for, not just for your ability to improve on the tennis court, but for your ability to improve as a person. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I love how when you have a coach, you get immediate feedback. I mean, it's really hard to figure out what's wrong in your game just by playing. I mean, even by videotaping, you might not pick up uh, more advanced techniques that you should be doing, which a coach will figure out for you. And so when you were younger, how did you find your coaches? I, I was blessed, like I said, with with the the ability to play at this country club that has some of the better coaches in the area. And so by default, you know, I, I kind of got to work with the instructors that were there. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough that those coaches were good because, you know, I was kind of set up um, where those were going to be the people that I worked with. And, I, you know, I did occasionally experiment, um, take some lessons from some other instructors at other facilities. But really, it was just a perfect matchup. Um my parents more or less joined this country club just to give me the ability to improve my tennis game. And so, uh, you know, the coaches there obviously played a big role in that decision. That's fantastic. And so it's really amazing how you also got into the coaching game. Uh, but how did you do that? Uh, what spurred you on to become a tennis coach? Yeah, I mean, it's not, uh, it's probably not the fairy tale story you might look for, but I mean, I graduated college in 2006 and was very excited to start a career in marketing. And I uh, had actually been teaching tennis throughout college, you know, to, to pay some of my expenses. So I was teaching on some evenings and some weekends and a ton in the summer. And uh, I went to, to graduate college in 2006, which, as you know, is not the best time um, <laughs> to be looking for a marketing job. So, uh, you know, I had a long conversation with uh, actually my boss at Georgetown Prep Tennis Club in, uh, in Maryland. And he, uh, you know, he said, look, I know you don't want to go into tennis for the rest of your life, but you are really good at what you do and you really seem to enjoy it. And that was true. I, you know, I really did enjoy coaching and being that mentor the same way those coaches were for me. And so he offered me a full-time job um, that was just too, too hard to refuse. So I started coaching and uh, actually stayed with him for a couple of years at Georgetown Prep Tennis Center and then actually transitioned over to Chevy Chase Country Club where his brother, Lee Adams, was the director of tennis. So... That's kind of the uh, the path, but um, it's funny. You know, the more the more I coached, the more I loved it, and uh, you know, it, it it lasted. It wasn't it wasn't a flash in the pan. I, I remember having this conversation with my parents, having spent all this money on college to get a marketing degree, and calling them and saying, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a tennis coach. <laughs> and uh, we had kind of a, a laughing conversation. Where they're like, well, don't worry, we've spent far more money on your tennis than we have on your college education, so that makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it, it was a pretty good transition. And then I think what happened eventually is um, really I was I was having a great time coaching. And I just kind of came up with this idea that I felt passionate about. And that sort of forced me back into the business world unexpectedly. Oh, that's fantastic. And, you know, before we get into, uh, you know, your business, I do want to ask you um, what, uh, if any, tennis coaching certifications do you have? And also, do you think they're important to uh, being a successful tennis coach? Yeah, most definitely. So I have a USPTA elite professional certification, which used to be called P1. They've recently switched over the way they classify their certification structure. But um, both the USPTA and the PTR alike um, are great organizations to go get your certification. I, I don't think you necessarily have to get a certification from one of these organizations to be an amazing instructor. But what I do think it does is it refines your skill set and maybe answers some of the coaching questions that you have to really get to the level that I think most coaches aspire to be. Um, I think it's definitely definitely a big step in the right direction if you're serious about, you know, instructing tennis. Yeah, and that's pretty sick that you have uh, what's formerly known as the P1, uh, you know, level certification. Uh, was that pretty tough to get? 
It was, and actually I had to take it to the class a couple times. The written course, um, not too difficult, but the on course, you know, and I took this after I'd been teaching for three or four years. Um, so, you know, I had experience. I was very comfortable and confident in my ability to teach, and they sort of showed me some of the things that were missing and showed me some of the holes in, in my teaching strategy and, and teaching, uh, you know, just my general um, – I guess my general demeanor on the court and in goal of the lesson and the certification really helped me get to where I felt super confident on the court offering the best possible instruction that I could. So what is the most difficult thing in your, uh, in your view about coaching? Um, probably just that you never know what you're going to get. Um, each client is different. Each client has a different set of goals and needs and you run into a lot of different people. Um, especially if you work at a country club or a public tennis facility. I mean, you just get, you know, you're going to get walks of life that are easy to work with and some that are more challenging to work with. And I think knowing how to adjust your temperament as well as your lesson plan for what's being thrown at you is, is probably one of the bigger challenges that you face as a coach. And so, you know, this may be the same answer, but what in your view also are the most important characteristics of a good coach? Yeah, I mean, I think right out of the gate, you got to make it fun. Um, at the end of the day, tennis is a sport, and if you do the math on it, you're not very statistically likely to turn professional, no matter who you are or where you are. Um, it's a very, very small chance. So I, I tell all my coaches, you know, that that's the first thing. These people came to play a sport, and whether they're serious about, you know, going after a Division One college scholarship or they're just, a, you know, somebody in their mid-40s looking to pick up a, a game that they can play with their friends, it, it should be fun first. Um, and then I think the second most important quality is definitely encouraging. Um, I even remember hearing some stories of some of my fellow uh, competitors growing up in the Mid-Atlantic that just had coaches that were extremely hard on them, um, and not in a positive way that made them want to improve or stay in the sport. And I think you hear a lot of stories about certain types of instructors really turning people away from the sport. And so I think it's really important to find somebody that makes it fun, and then second, you know, is encouraging even when even if you're struggling with with the process. Yeah, no, that's a great point because uh, I interviewed Alistair McCaw who uh, worked with Kevin Anderson for a bit and he, he really stressed the role of a coach as a, you know, the supportive role and uh, nurturing rather than, you know, screaming at the player or anything that really won't help too many players get better. Um, right. Yeah, and so one final um question for you about coaching for now, I guess, is do you have any favorite books on uh, tennis and in particular uh, coaching tennis? <laughs> uh, Winning Ugly still to this day is probably my favorite. I don't know why that's the first one that uh, that always jumps into my head. Um, there's that's another one that I am blanking on the title of right now, but it's something to do. It's a motive. It's more of a motivational book. I'm never going to remember the title of it. I'm, that's not very helpful for this podcast. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, if, if you haven't read Winning Ugly, that's that's definitely one I would recommend. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll have to get back to you with, with the title of the other one that's on my head. If I could get to my bookshelf right now, I would. Oh, no worries. Whenever you think about it, you can just you know message me or whatever. But so now, uh, you know, I really want to talk about your company and and your platform that you created for finding coaches called Player Court. Um, you know, I have, uh, it's, it's really an amazing service and you know, it's funny. I have a couple of friends who are also working on a kind of a similar, uh, app called court play, but I, I want to ask you, how did you come up with the idea for player court? Yeah. So this is what I kind of referenced earlier. Um, I was working at Chevy Chase country club and it's a very elite club. I mean, there's a, there's a very large initiation fee to join. And even if you can afford it, um, there's a wait list to join. So 
it's difficult, I think, in a lot of major metropolitan areas like D.C. to get access to great instruction. And so what would happen for me is every day I would have members come in and say, you know, hey, I've got a friend that's on the wait list or, hey, I've got a friend that can't afford to join this club. And I really, uh, you know, I really want to recommend somewhere where they can go to get started. Do you have any ideas? And the bottom line was I really didn't. You know, a lot of these people lived in northwest D.C. and the closest facility that they could get to and rush hour traffic was all the way in Wheaton or all the way up in Rockville. And there just, there wasn't a lot, I mean, there wasn't a good answer to this problem. And so finally I just got asked the question one too many times and said, you know, there's really a demand here. And so I cleared with my boss that it would be okay on my days off for me to start working with some of these non-members. Um, and the demand was way higher than I ever thought humanly possible. All of a sudden, you know, I, I couldn't keep up with the amount of people that wanted lessons once they heard there was somebody around that was teaching outside of a club. Um, and so basically I started ringing up all of my DC Metro contacts in the tennis space and asking them if they wanted to pick up some extra hours and their, uh, and their time off. And it turns out that the other side of the business was just as high in demand. There was a lot of instructors that were at clubs that weren't getting enough business to make their ends meet or they worked in a completely different space and they really missed teaching tennis and wanted to pick up some hours on the evenings and the weekends. And so um, it was just very much a demand-based business. And so we, we operated in D.C. for about a year. And then uh, finally I got on the horn with um, a couple of my buddies in Atlanta and in Boston and just sort of said, you know, hey, this is what it looks like in D.C. Is this similar where you guys are? And they said, you know, absolutely. Um so we scaled to those two markets, and then fast forward seven years, we're open pretty much every major metropolitan market in the country with almost a thousand instructors on the site doing it. So the demand is definitely there. Right? Yeah, it is. It's really amazing, and it hits on a couple of very different needs for players. I mean, first off, uh, a lot of us can't really afford to be country club members, so then many of those coaches are at country clubs. You can also take lessons with them outside of that club, and then also obviously convenience and. And also finding a really good coach, you know, that's been vetted. And so, uh, you know, I am curious too, like when you started uh, Player Court, was there any other platform even remotely similar to to Player Court? No, not to my knowledge. I mean, we were kind of the, the first in our space and uh, there's been a lot of copycats, I guess we'll call them. Not, not in a negative way. I mean, it's humbling to see somebody do what you're doing because it means you get a good idea. But um, there are definitely a lot of businesses out there now that... Uh, that are taking a crack at it, um, even outside of the tennis space. I mean, just the idea of making anything more accessible via the internet, obviously, has picked up a ton in the last five years. So you're seeing sites like Thumbtack and Angie's List, I mean, hit this across a broad spectrum of things well beyond sports. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, and I could be misquoting this, but I think we were actually the first of our kind. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so in a nutshell, can you kind of take us through how Player Court works? Most definitely, and it's definitely uh, morphed into a stronger business over time than, than it was when we started in D.C. So when we started in D.C., it was just about there's a demand, somebody wants benefits, and we need to find them an instructor that can do it. Um, as the platform grew, it became more kind of like Uber, where we want to make sure all these users are getting a great experience. And so we had to come up with a rating system that kind of held these pros accountable to offering an amazing experience. And so we actually have an Uber system or a rating system that's very similar to Uber or Amazon or Yelp, where anytime one of our customers takes a lesson with one of our pros, they have the ability to rate them through our rating system. And then we actually rank pros um, as to who we think will be the best fit based on a number of characteristics. You know, uh, there's definitely certain coaches that are going to be better with kids. There's going to be certain coaches 
that are going to be better with high performance players. And so our goal is not just to help you find an instructor that's good, but help you find an instructor that's perfect for specifically what you're trying to achieve. I mean, somebody looking to get a division one college scholarship probably wouldn't be recommended the same coach as somebody looking to get their five-year-old daughter started with lessons. So it's, it's about using that rating system to find somebody that's not only qualified and people are saying nice things about them, but people just like you are, are saying nice things about them and they've got experience working with and are sort of approved by a peer, by a board of your peers, um, you know, for exactly what you're looking for. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. So I just want to clarify, I guess, the, the process of, um, you know, I know there's a rating system for the coach, but I, you know, how does the coach um, initially even get on player court? Yeah, so we have a pretty extensive interview process, and believe it or not, I still to this day interview every single one of our instructors personally. Um, wow. I, I really take it as a partnership model um, because every one of these instructors is absolutely our partners, and retention obviously is a big portion of our business. So, you know, I get on the phone with them, vet them out, ask them about their certifications, their experience. Um, we like to see a USPTA or PTR certification. We like to see at least five years of coaching experience. We like to see, um, you know, at least a very high level of play, typically college tennis experience at at least the D3 level. Um, but there's obviously exceptions. You know, if we get somebody that's extremely, an extremely great personality with kids and is PTR 10 and under certified, then, you know, they might be a great fit for some of the children that are in their respective area on the site. So it varies a little bit, but really our goal is just to find and then vet out through our rating system the best instructors possible for every type of player. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's really incredible how you can actually, how you interview each coach to make sure that they're fit to best serve the tennis community. So you mentioned the minimum requirements. So you so it'd be generally five years and um, preferably uh, certifications. But do the requirements like fluctuate depending on which community? Uh, sorry, which like age group, for example, the the coach will serve or anything, or like a level of player. They do. Um, they do. But five years of experience with the respective age level that they're offering service for is obviously a minimum requirement. You know, we're not going to let somebody on the site that's never done this before. Um, so you'll see, um, and you'll see this. I mean, if you, if you go through our platform and enter in your zip code, we ask you a lot of questions about yourself before we even show you a list of instructors. And we'll ask you, you know, how old is a lesson taker? Um, you know, what is their skill level? What are they trying to achieve from the lesson? And the answers to these questions directly impact which pro we recommend. And when our sales team gets on the phone, if somebody prefers to call in and, you know, learn more about how we work, that absolutely impacts the decision that they make to send, you know, certain clients to certain instructors. Oh, that's fantastic. And so, yeah, you hit on the process a bit, but um, so going through your website, like take us through the steps and really how simple it is from what I've seen to sign up. I mean, starting with, you know, inputting your zip code and going from there. Yeah, most definitely. So clients will hit our website, they'll enter in their zip code. And then, like I said, before we show them a list of instructors, we ask them a handful of questions um, to make sure we're pairing them with the correct coach. We'll then show them a recommended list of instructors. And there's actually usually one instructor that we highlight 
as really the best choice for you based on the criteria you've entered in. But then, of course, you know, everybody likes options. So we do display um, three other coach choices in the area, depending on how many coaches we have available in your area. So it's, it's not a classified site. You know, we might have 25 people on our site available in your specific zip code, but basically the criteria that you answer those questions with determines which four pros we show you and which, you know, elite pro we recommend for you. Um, so once they get to that pro list page where they can see four different profiles as well as that one instructor that we really recommend, they can then toggle back and forth, read some of these pros profiles, you know, see the exact service area that they cover just to make sure that, you know, they are in the right area. Um, and then they actually can book lessons directly through our platform. So it's, it's really as simple as that. They hit the pro list page, they view the pros profile. And then the next step is just to push them to check out and to, uh, to select their respective lesson packages they're interested in. That's awesome. And so do most people buy like single lessons or multiple lessons? And, you know, what do you personally recommend? It's a nice mix. I mean, we recommend starting with at least six lessons, really, no matter what you're doing, unless you're on vacation or just looking for a tune-up lesson. So to actually book directly through our site, the minimum we allow you to book through our website is six lessons. We will allow you, obviously, to call in. We'll do something custom for you. We do sell single lessons. There's some customers that just, I think, are a little bit uneasy to um, – to enter in their info or, or to pay for six lessons up front, having you know having never met a coach, and so we have the utmost confidence in our coaches. And if that's the way they feel, then we let them start with a trial lesson just to make sure it's a good fit, and then they'll typically come back and, and book a six or a twelve lesson package from there. Right. Well, the good thing is that you know, as you mentioned, you've you know personally vetted all these instructors and ma- made sure that they are obviously of the highest quality. And uh, you do also have a, a guarantee. Is that right? We do. We have 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if we send you an instructor and you're not happy with what you've got going on, we'll let you try basically as many instructors as we have available in your area until we find the right fit for you. Um, one other thing that I think is kind of important to mention, um, one of the major flaws I saw in the tennis industry is just lack of accountability for coaches. Um, and, and I'm not saying this is a problem industry-wide. You know, There's always going to be good guys. There's always going to be bad guys no matter what sport or industry we're talking about. But what I noticed in my, you know, 12 plus years of coaching is there's definitely pros that get burnt out and are showing up to lessons and just kind of mailing it in, just feeding some balls, offering some generic tips. Mm-hmm. And I think one big problem for players is they've got to kind of play a guess and check game and they might land on one of these pros as their first lesson. And they, they don't know, you know, they might waste a lot of time and money really finding that right instructor for what their goals are. And so I think our rating system and, and having you go through those questions um, to tell us what you're really after and tell us more about yourself helps us expedite that process. So the 100% satisfaction guarantee is there because we really are confident that our algorithms that we have set up are going to pair you with the right instructor based on what you're telling us. Yeah, no, it really is fantastic, Scott. And you and Player Court, and in particular, uh, your marketing director, Jess, who's been fantastic, set up a discount for our audience members. So if you go to tennisfiles.com slash Player Court, which is P-L-A-Y-Y-O-U-R-C-O-U-R-T, uh, and then you book a lesson there, uh, you know, purchase a package and input tennis files as the code then you'll get uh, 25 bucks off. So that's that's really kind of you guys. Appreciate that. And uh, does Player Court have an app on uh, iPhone or Android? We don't. We are mobile-friendly, though. Um, and that was a big topic of conversation internally for us, is was it worth the expense? And what we found is that we actually had a lot more people on their phone using the mobile version of our website to book than we thought. And so 
when we looked at it, we thought, you know, can we even make this a lot better through apps? Um, and we kind of decided the answer is no. So we're just very mobile friendly. Um, you'll have no problem, you know, if you're poking around on your iPhone or Android, you'll have no problem booking um, right through the mobile version of our site. Yeah, and I went through it too and on my mobile phone, and it was pretty pretty easy and uh, seamless. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Player Core is an amazing service, but do you have any um, anything you, you plan to perhaps upgrade or enhance in the future, perhaps, with, uh, with the service? Yeah, I mean, the great thing about our model is every year that goes by, we just keep getting better and better um, because the rating system keeps filtering out more specific details about all of our coaches. And the more data we have, the easier it is to pair people up. So, I mean, I would say growth plans would just, in terms of improvements, just make it even more accessible. I mean, our goal right now, we're in most major metropolitan areas, but, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't live in a major metropolitan area and suffer from the same problem. So, one of our more recent initiatives has been trying to go after some of these smaller towns um, where there aren't tennis clubs and there aren't great options to learn and, and try and get some pros on staff there and just make the game more accessible in the areas where it's hurt the most. Right. Now that's great. And so, for example, if, say, a coach wants to join player court, can they just send you a resume or something like that? Would that work? Yeah, the process is actually just as easy for coaches as it is for customers. So if you visit our homepage, playyourcourt.com, in the upper right-hand corner, there's a little button that says apply to coach. And effectively, they're just filling out what will become their profile if they get approved through the interview process on the website. So they'll go through, they'll you know upload a photo of themselves, fill out all the information that, that we require in their profile. And then they actually schedule a time right there through the website with me for a phone call. And then assuming the phone call goes well and they meet all our minimum requirements and, uh, you know, everything looks like a fit, then we go ahead and activate basically the profile that is created in the application process. That's pretty cool. And I don't know, you know, if you mind me asking or not, but is there a fee for uh, coaches to join? There's not. So it's very much a demand-based business, and this is how we built our price structure as well. So what we've done is we typically pay our coaches. I mean, we work with our coaches on an individual basis, to meet whatever number within reason that they're looking to make. So it doesn't cost them anything to list on the website. And we have a very frank discussion about, you know, hey, what number do you need for this to make sense? And so they can expect that number um, no matter what we do on our end. Now, on our end, our margins per lesson change quite a bit because we offer a lot of different options. So if a customer were to come in and book a 20-lesson package, you know, we're going to give them a pretty big hourly discount on their rates compared to if they just booked one lesson. So price points of the customer, the more they commit to upfront, they're getting a better hourly rate. We're typically paying pros um, around what they make, maybe even a little bit more than what they make at the club. And customers are typically paying you know, between five to $10 less for that hourly instruction than if they went to that club and took a lesson with the same pro. So it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like Expedia for tennis lessons almost. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just so amazing how convenient it is. And you have vetted these coaches and they, you know, I've looked through several of their uh, bios, which that's another thing, you know, I think the way you lay out their experience and, um, you know, what what they've done in their tennis career is, uh, you know, extremely helpful and, and really helps you make a good decision for yourself in addition to other particular strengths that are also listed as well. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. And so what is your really your ultimate goal with player court? I mean, what do you want it to accomplish? Truthfully, this is going to sound a little bit cheesy. I grew up 
with the easiest possible route to Tennessee. And I had access to this phenomenal country club that my parents were super generous to pay for. And most people don't have that. And so my goal is to make the sport that's really turned me into who I am accessible for people that don't have the same benefits. Um, I know that's kind of a PC, very cheesy answer, but it really is the truth. I mean, I, mm-hmm. the sport of tennis, I, I'm sure you would agree, played a major role in our lives and mm-hmm. our development as humans. And so I just want to make sure everybody has that opportunity. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, again, I just can't stress enough really how important, you know, and helpful a coach, uh, having a coach is to your tennis game and even in other aspects, for example, having a mentor, uh, how quickly it can accelerate your game. And so player court, it helps you quickly and easily find a high quality coach that you can work with and, uh, you know, change your tennis game and, and your life potentially. Um, so, Scott, where can we find you and Player Court on social media? So we are all over the place. Jessica, who I believe you've had some conversations with, mm-hmm. um, runs our entire social media campaigns. And we're all about um, content. We wanted to show you cool, fun stuff that gets you hooked on the idea that tennis is, is a great sport and something you want to be a part of. So if you look on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest, I mean, all of the uh, all of the staples, you'll find us, and we're constantly posting um, daily fun content that uh, people that do play tennis or people that are aspiring to get started uh, will really read and enjoy is, is the goal. Yeah, I've definitely read some great articles uh, from Player Court uh, from your blog, so it's good stuff. And so we always like to ask this final question of our guests. Scott, what is one key tip you can give our audience to help them improve their tennis games? As far as like an instructional tip? Um, just, you know, in general, just one tip that you think uh, will really help them improve their game, whether that's mental or, or maybe a specific tip, just anything you can think of that would be uh, most beneficial. You know, I think, I think I've got what you're looking for. So I, back when I was coaching a ton, I, I still coach a little bit, but obviously running this business takes up a good portion of my time. But my, um, one of the things that I really emphasized back when I was coaching regularly is that practice does not make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of players go out there and play without instruction or without somebody to kind of monitor what they're doing periodically and will develop a ton of bad habits. So I tell all uh, you know, all of my lessons in the past that the easiest person for me to work with is somebody that's an adult, but that's never touched a racket before. Cause they walk in on the court and they've got, you know, the blank slate of a four year old, but they've got the brain of an adult and there's no bad habits for me to undo. So I think a lot of players really, uh, underestimate how much damage they're doing to their game by getting out there and playing a ton, um, without supervision or without instruction, you know, you can effectively be putting in reps, um, over and over and over again that are ingraining the wrong stroke in your brain. And then when you finally do turn to an instructor for, uh, for some guidance, there's a lot of things he's got to undo before he can get started with your progress. So I think that's probably, probably the strongest tip I would give. Yeah, that's a wonderful tip, Scott. I mean, you know, even for me, there's certain small things that have been bad habits that uh, very hard to undo at this stage, and they really can hurt your game and your success when you play higher level players in competition. Um, so, and again, you know, if you have a great coach, uh, you can you can more easily uh, accelerate your game and uh, fix these mistakes or make sure that they don't uh, develop. And I highly encourage you guys to check out uh, Player Court. You can go to tennisfiles.com slash player court and then input tennisfiles as the uh, coupon code to get some money off there. Um, but 
Scott, uh, it's really great to uh, reconnect with you. I really applaud you for, uh, you know, the creativeness to uh, create this uh, wonderful platform for players and coaches to connect with each other more easily and uh, really improve everybody's games. And uh, Scott, thanks so much for being on the show and for all your efforts. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to reconnect. Uh, No worries. Thanks, Scott. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Scott from Player Court. And I highly encourage you to hire on a coach to help you improve your game in the fastest amount of time possible. And if you'd like to find a coach really quickly and easily, I recommend that you check out tennisfiles.com slash playercourt. So that's tennisfiles.com slash P-L-A-Y-Y-O-U-R-C-O-U-R-T. And if you'd like to purchase a lesson package, uh, definitely use the code TENNISFILES, uh, T-E-N-N-I-S-F-I-L-E-S, to get a special discount off that package. Uh, and thanks to Scott, Jess, and the team for uh, giving our audience that uh, discount. And I'd really appreciate it if you guys would subscribe to the Tennis Files podcast. Um, you can do that by simply hitting the subscribe button in any podcast app that you used to listen to the show. And in particular for iTunes, you can also do this by going to tennisfiles.com slash iTunes and clicking the blue view and iTunes button and then hitting subscribe. So I like to end the show uh, when I remember to at least with a quote. And today's quote was said by Ralph Marston. He said, What you can do today can improve all your tomorrows. So I really, really urge you guys to do everything you can to improve your game because even one small improvement will result in you know, big wins for you later down the road. And when you can play the game better than you did the previous day, uh, weeks, months, or years, then you will enjoy playing the game more than you did before. And, um, you know, this sort of progress can often build uh, rather quickly to a lot of uh, a lot more success than you've previously had. And, uh, you know, who doesn't love success and winning? So thanks so much for listening to this episode. And I look forward to serving you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.